now about to witness the strength of street knowledge all right eddie is his name and he's coming straight out of cornwall <laughs> straight out of cornwall I, I, that is why is that not a thing oh my god I, we actually did a, a group of friends and, and i made an album cover one time where we like photoshopped our faces into the album cover and we retitled it straight out of cornwall that and it was yeah that is amazing um, that was good fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hello everyone. Welcome to uh, Cranked and Ranked, another episode of uh, the the beloved podcast uh, where we rank usually rock and metal related discographies and whatnot. But um, as as some of you who are regular listeners uh, know, we occasionally like to dabble in a, a style of music that we both also enjoy called hip hop. And um, we did our first foray into hip-hop months back when we uh, ranked the discography of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And funny enough, now we're going the complete opposite end of the hip-hop spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Will Smith doesn't have to curse in his albums, but I do. So fuck him and fuck, fuck you, you too. too. <laughs> um, that's... Uh, yeah, that's that was M, that was Eminem, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that we're not doing Eminem today. Um, obviously, you see the title. And uh, um, well, first off, introductions. Welcome. Um, my name is Stephen, or you can call me Old Head. With me, as always, Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. Yo. Yo. And um, <laughs> for those of you watching this on YouTube, you will notice that the that you're now seeing us on a video. Um, I, we decided to toy with the idea of now making the podcast episodes also actual video episodes. Uh, I don't know. It'll have all the same bullshit. I'll throw up some album covers when we're talking about them and stuff like that. Um, but now maybe it's a little bit more entertaining. You get to watch our faces and, and our reactions and stuff. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is a podcast, so don't expect us to get all crazy with it or anything but um yeah so today's ranking for us for our for our first foray into making this a, a visual thing as well uh we're going to be ranking technically three discographies together which is the first time we've ever done anything like this right i i can't, can't remember another time that we've taken multiple artist discographies and ranked them yeah, now you mention it, I don't think we've we've ever done this before, but because they were all pretty brief um, discographies and they they all came from the same, you know, original thing, we thought, yeah, you know what, let's put all of these in here and and go through them like it's a whole ten album thing. Of course, yeah. we had to we we couldn't include uh, the likes of you know Ice Cube who has his own long ass discography. He has a lot of albums. Right. But he'll have his own episode eventually. So uh. yeah, and so and, and it's and so so as you as you can see, and for those of you who can't read, uh, we're doing NWA, Easy E, and Dr. Dre, and and this was Eddie's idea. Um, so he he chose to do this. He chose these three artists, and for the reasons he just gave, how they're they're connected. They're all small discographies, and honestly, the the angle that I took on when I was doing it was. 
Also, I think the biggest beef ended up being between Eazy-E and Dr. Dre. Even though they were beefing with Ice Cube when he first left, and you know it continued a little bit, but I think like the real heavy beef began post-NWA between Eazy-E and Dr. Dre. And so it's yeah. interesting. We'll take all of those albums and we'll rank them. Uh, well, so when we say albums... We also included um, an EP from NWA, two EPs from Eazy-E, just all the major releases from these three particular artists. Um, and we didn't include any compilations, so we're not ta- talking about NWA and the Posse, which has like four NWA tracks on it, and it's got some, doesn't it have like DOC and um, other people on there as well, um, yeah. who are all part of the camp, all writers for you know NWA and Eazy-E and, thing, and Dr. Dre. Um, and that's a good album too. But, yeah, um, but it, but really, like, no, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's not considered the first NWA album, and so we're starting from that point and then moving through, essentially moving all the way through to very recently with the last yeah. Dr. Dre album. So, um, so it's interesting, and so it's we got ten albums to get through. Uh, so let's just jump right into it. My my uh, my notes are all in the wrong order. I just noticed that right now. Just so oh, for no. people for people at home, we we take notes, or you know, sometimes I take more detailed notes than other times, just because sometimes when I'm put on the spot, I'll forget to say really important things that I wanted to point out about an <laughs> album, and then I'll be editing the podcast episode and I'll be like, God damn it, why didn't I say that? But now yeah. I have no excuse because there's some notes, little little chicken scratch notes written down on on paper. Yeah, my worst one was totally forgetting the uh, Scatterbrain Here Comes Trouble album in the 1990 Top 10 episode. That would yeah. have been in my top five. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting. I fucked up. That's a, <laughs> speaking of, that's another discography that we should put two together. We should do uh, yeah. the, 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 what is it, what is it called? Ludacrist. Ludacrist and Scatterbrain. And we'll put yeah. those together, and that would be pretty interesting. But today, it's all about hip-hop. It's all about... Um, Making that GTA, it's uh, it's uh, uh, the Compton Zone, NWA, and um, Eazy-E, and Dr. Dre. So um, uh, nice. let's just go ahead and start with our with our number two. Actually, you know what? You know, I forgot about something. We normally talk about where we first came on board listening to these artists before we start ranking them. So let's not leave that out this time. I'll be brief with mine. Um, I the actually the first track related to any of these albums that I heard was "We Want Easy." off of Easy es solo album, but I don't remember when I heard it. I mm. remember it was either late 80s, early 90s. I don't really remember, but it was a little bit before I remember really hearing NWA. Um, mm. and I'm not really sure why. I, I don't have a clear memory of hearing it and what my impressions were back at the time because – it, it may have it may have scared my young white boy self <laughs> at the time. Um, and knowing me, honestly, my entire life, I have I have suffered from a uh, pretty major uh, case of white guilt, and um, it started early. Like I remember being a preteen, and uh, you know, and, and having those thoughts like, I got to be fucking connected to this bullshit. <laughs> And I just and it and it bummed me out and it and it's it's never it's never gone away it's still there today mm-hmm. so some of it may have been that because you know the hip hop that I really liked when I was younger none of it was really like socially that pointed at this is the yeah. fucking problem um, it, I eventually got on board with some of that shit but in the early days you know I was like 
you know, De La Soul is, you know, I love them, <laughs> you know, and there's, and so they, they tackle that stuff eventually, but De La Soul's first album is very, it's very easy for a young white kid to get into. But, um, but yeah, that was, so somewhere around the late eighties, early nineties, I heard we want easy. And then things kind of fell into place after that. Um, how about you, sir? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote a little disclaimer saying this will likely have the highest quantity of Grand Theft Auto songs of any episode we've <laughs> ever done ever. Like, there's a whole album's worth of tracks that made it into those games that are in I, this fucking I, discography. I bet. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and I've mentioned it on all of the tracks that do show up, so I'll okay, probably cool. tally them up at the end. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, keep a, keep a running tally for you those of you listening and watching at home, like how many times Eddie mentions Grand Theft Auto. Um, in this episode all right well then yeah let's go ahead and jump into uh, our ranking and i'm gonna throw it over to mr eddie sparks to uh let us uh hear his number 10 release from these three artists <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh my number 10 i have gone for 2015's compton compton okay okay uh, st- stylistically this one sticks out like a sore thumb in with the, the most not only the most recent but the last dr dre solo album and he he yeah. i think i think he said at one point that it would be his last but then also said things about other things being in the works so who knows yeah like this one here is it's got way more of a modern hip-hop thing going on yeah like some more trap kind of stuff um there's big poppy choruses on this album too. There's a lot of that. Um, I got to be honest, I miss like the G funk vibe, yeah, a lot. Like the early '90s stuff is so uh, strong for me. I just love that, you know, West Coast G funk kind of vibe. Well, if you well if you take his yeah. three solo albums, he approached each one very differently because there's not a whole yeah. lot of G funk going on on 2001 either. Um, it's, hmm. he, he, I mean, really, if you compare them, the great thing about Dr. Dre is not only is he a genius, you know, behind the boards in the studio, um, and a, and a good rapper, um, you know, he's, I, I like his hmm. delivery and his voice, but the fact that he gave these three pretty different albums and each, each That's one true. like has a very different tone, um, and still feeling very relevant for the time. So there's, that's, that's pretty amazing really. That's one thing I, that, you know, Dre has consistently done, and that's been really smart at, um, you know, adapting yeah. to the changing, you know, nature of the music industry. And, you know, I can respect, you know, this album. I did enjoy it the least, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, this album's second half is the stronger side of the album. I would agree. Yeah, see, like... The songs Issues, One Shot, One Kill, Just Another Day, Satisfaction, and Talking to My Diary are all really cool songs. And yeah. like, I got about halfway into the album and I was thinking, damn, I was kind of disappointed. And then it, it, it totally redeemed itself, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to quote Harry Dunn from Dumb and Dumber. But um, yeah, if th- this album's... It's a case of side B is a redemption arc. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I think this it's just yeah, it's the poppy nature of it. It's probably important to also point out that this was put together as a soundtrack for the mm. movie Straight Out of Compton. 
Although, like, I don't, I only think there's like two tracks from this that are in the movie. Um, I just recently rewatched the movie again. Um, I, I do have to say, though, I honestly think that it might be my favorite biopic of a musician artist ever. Um, I can't think of, good I can't think of a movie that's done it better because they, mm. they have to cover a lot of ground and, you know, well, the, the, the director's cut of the movie is like two and a half hours long and it's, and it doesn't even seem that way. It flies by, you get all of the points that you need, but the most important part of the movie, aside from it being really well directed, all of the people in the cast, 10 minutes into the movie, I yeah. don't even know that they're actors anymore. You like believe I, it's them. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like you see other movies and you're like, oh, it's that actor playing this part. But like there's it's so good how it's done that you don't even think about it. It's just a story about yeah. these guys and it's and it and you're you're able to like just relax into the movie and really enjoy it. And so for that aspect alone, I'm like, man, that is that's insane. I wish that they would do more. Take that kind of care. Um and they throw in a lot of nice little little gems, little hidden gems for the fans out there. Yeah. Um like there's a great part where the the guys are out front of the studio and the cops come and fuck with them and Jerry comes out and like yells at them and they end up going back inside. But Ice Cube is like visually pissed off that this is yeah. happening and he's the last one in the door and as he's walking in the door, he turns around and the cop looks at him and says, "You got something to say? You got something to say?" And I'm all like and for fans, you're like, yeah, he's yeah. got something to say in the fucking song. He says, yo, Dre, I got <laughs> something to say. And I'm like, that's so great. Because you know the cops probably didn't say that. But it's just like yeah. a little cool little piece of writing for the fans. Like, yeah, yeah, we, we heard totally. it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to Compton. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say. I mean, I didn't really do too much of a track by track. I just thought yeah, uh, I'd emphasize that this album is one of those strange cases where Instead of being front-loaded, it's back-loaded. So you're probably better off starting on side B and yeah. then, yeah. Or, but, or if, uh, you know, if, you're, if you're on the streamings, the second half of the album. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. For, so since we're doing 10 albums, you know, we'll, we'll just talk about standout tracks whenever they come up. Um, but uh, So we'll move on to my number 10. Uh, my number 10 is, uh, is many years before that album. Um, but, uh, uh, this was a really tough one, especially with the lower numbers, because to be fair, half of these albums have a good amount of flaws in my opinion. Mm. And, um, and, uh, so the, I had to basically had to look at the one that in my opinion, as an album itself has the most flaws. And my number 10 is, uh, straight off the streets of motherfucking Compton, uh, from easy E from 1996. And this was posthumously released. Uh, yeah. like 10 or so months after his, uh, his death from, um, from AIDS. And, um, from what I've read, parts of it are like uncompleted things that he was doing for the album temporary insanity, which was supposed to be a double album, but he started yeah. working on it and then the chronic came out and then he decided to do something else. And I think that he just never gotten, got around to finishing a good amount of it. Um, but apparently, you know, apparently he was still working on shit from that particular album until he got really sick. Um, so DJ yellow comes on and molds it into an album. He, a lot of the beats, uh, are produced by DJ yellow. And, um, honestly, some of the tracks are strong and some are pretty weak. It's a real hit or miss album. Um, unfortunately it's impossible not to listen to this album with 
the death of Easy E kind of looming over the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, I listened to it and I go, man, this should have been better. Even if they're only dealing with the scraps mm. of Easy E's leftover stuff, I mean, overall, it's enjoyable. But I really think that he deserved better. And I don't really know the ins and outs of everybody in you know in the NWA camp around you know ninety five ninety six. Um, but it would have been cool if they had somehow gotten Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, you know, Ren and and other people. I don't know if Ren's on this album at all, but um, have them on board to add their voices to it. It would have made it something really special. But at the end of the day, it's just a pretty good album. And it's like, at this point, like he was, and, pro- and I guess still is, like an iconic figure in the world of not only hip hop, but especially gangster rap. And yeah. the fact that his swan song, the final thing they put out from him, I think they put out an EP a little bit later, but the final album is just kind of an okay album. It kind of bums me out as I'm listening to it. So even though there yeah. are some tracks I like, that's that's pretty much all it's got going for it. So it ended up being my uh, number 10. Fair. I, I enjoyed the al- that album a lot more, but yeah. uh, I'll, I'll get there. I'll okay, get there. cool, cool. So uh, my number nine is 100 Miles and Running. Whoa. Now, he, this yeah. is the <laughs> That is insane okay it's a, let's do it it's a it's a bold thing yes it's a bold statement but uh yeah i'm a i'm gonna defend myself do it, do it. <laughs> so here's here's my thing with this list there's not a bad album to my ears on this list yeah uh it and it, it is just i think it's the length of this one and you know the amount of it that maybe sample stuff that I've already heard. Uh, you know, one of, one of the tracks is literally called commercial, which is essentially, <laughs> you know, which is essentially just hyping up the next LP. Um, I love that. The, I don't know why I've always yeah. loved, I've always loved when bands are hyping their own shit. That's for, that hasn't even come out yet. And they did, they put mm. it on an EP like, Oh, just wait. Did you enjoy this EP? Just wait for the fucking album to drop. I, th- I, I love it. I, I like love that. I love that it's over the top of the same beat that opens the next album too. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty so, cool. So, so, so it's also kind of a teaser. But um, yeah, so you get a hundred miles and running, badass song. Yeah, um, just don't bite it. Is is porn in song form, and it's great. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a I, don't I'm, matter. Just I, don't bite it. I'm not much of a fan <laughs> of that kind of rap. So um, that particular song and the and the several that are on their next album, um, <laughs> I uh, I just some of it's kind of cringy, but we'll get to that yeah. when we talk about their the uh, the next album. But that that's my least favorite song on this album on this EP. Yeah, then 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 you get um, surprise part two, um, which is kind of like a, a remix medley, uh, come skit type thing. Which is, you know, it's it's cool. It breaks up the album, and then um, also to circumvent the uh, possibility of cancellation, I have decided to replace every use of the N word with the use of the word "fellas." So we are going fellas. to refer to to each N word track as "fellas." So something. so w- welcome to the ranking of "fellas with attitudes." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, another another reason I I rank this one lower is the song "Real Fellas" appears on the next album anyway. So it's kind of like, and I'd heard that album before. Yeah. So I can imagine at the time this would have had more impact. But it, it, hearing it, it that retrospectively, that particular song is the one where they they the beef starts with Ice Cube, mm. like because they call him Benedict Arnold in that track. Mm. And and he hears it and he's like, oh fuck this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh so that's where it started right there. And that that's the thing. Seeing as it's an EP, I was just kind of like, okay, it's like 20 minutes of cool stuff, but it's only 20 minutes yeah. of cool stuff. And that's why I kind of thought to myself, you know, there's a lot of uh discs on here that have a lot more material. So uh it's a short but sweet little um, extra thing you get in their discography. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's it's cool. But for me, there's a lot of stuff on here that I like more. Okay, cool. And yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so, well cool. Um, for my number nine, I'm also going to be talking about an EP. Um, my number nine is the 5150 Home for the Sick EP from Eazy-E from 1992. Um, so this was the first EP he did and the first thing he did post NWA breaking up. In fact, this was released, I believe a week before the chronic. So, I mean, (laughs) that's bad timing. Um, not only because of that, but also because of the, this is a pretty lackluster EP. Um, it's got various writers and producers, um, some pretty notable, like uh, a writer on a couple tracks is Tretch from Naughty by Nature, um, who's, a, who's an amazing rapper, in my opinion. Um, and it's not an awful EP. It's it's definitely the weakest thing that Eazy had done at that point, counting all of his first solo album and the NWA stuff. This was the first thing where there yeah. really wasn't anything memorable on this. And unfortunately for him it very quickly was eclipsed by one of the biggest hip-hop albums ever made (laughs) so it it uh i could see that being pretty discouraging to him Hmm. um but also there's a thing that started to happen with easy e here and you hear it on this ep the next ep and that last album i talked about on this album there's a christmas song and (laughs) yeah and it's it's funny, but there's yeah. a there's a there's a pl- part of me that hears some of the stuff that they did, and to me it sounds like I don't know if it's under the guidance of Jerry Heller if he was like we got to do some stuff to maybe make this album a little more maybe it'll, maybe a Christmas song maybe it'll give it some more leg you know or uh, uh, I don't know whatever it'll give it some more stamina in the in the charts because people will be listening to a Christmas song I don't know what the thinking was but <laughs> in a lot of these cases it really starts to make Easy E seem like he's a cartoon of himself mm. you know like I'm Easy E I'm playing the role of Easy E so let's make sure we Easy E up the whole thing and <laughs> and making it where he's kind of a goofball and yeah. I don't think he wanted that. I feel no. like that was probably Jerry Heller being like, here's how we're going to be able to make more money, do things like this. Um, mm. And 
Um, or maybe it was Easy's decision. I don't know. I have no idea. He's not here for me to ask, nor would he probably want to talk to me if he was here. <laughs> but um, <laughs> just for that, it just there's a whole lot of like kind of whatever points on this EP, and so. Um, but it does. It still does have a cool early '90s vibe to it, so I enjoy it yeah. a little bit more. But other than that, that's really all it's got going for it. So that's why it's here at my number nine. Well, I'm going to jump right off of that because it's my number eight. Sweet. So what we um, call handing off the baton over here on Cranked and Ranked. (laughs) I love the way Easy like opens his albums, like you know, with the evil voice kind of thing. You know, I'm surprised more metal bands don't do shit like that. (laughs) Like they only ever seem to do it live. Uh, But only if you want it is kind of an earworm you know only if you want it yes i really want that yeah. does that does get stuck in my head yeah neighborhood sniper cool song fellas my height don't fight is is a great song title i'll give them that yeah um and i will i will say about merry motherfucking christmas is that i've added it to the family christmas playlist so that at some point this christmas shit's gonna get that off is yeah great <laughs> that's actually a really good idea i think i might do that too <laughs> i don't know enough christmas songs to make i mean i know christmas songs but i don't like enough christmas songs to make a <laughs> compilation it's like christmas and hollis you know some a few motown things <laughs> here and there like where where i, I don't want to hear bing crosby he, you know he can go fuck himself in the grave <laughs> 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 I will say, when it comes to massive 80s snare drums, you can't go wrong with Savior's Day by Cliff Richard. That oh. thing has a fucking, like, you know, late 80s poison snare on it. Cliff Richard is an artist that did not translate over here. Fun- yeah. Weirdly enough, like, he's massive over in England. But over yeah. here, you, most people, you say his name, and people are like, who, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Yeah, whenever it comes on, whenever it comes on, it's kind of become this like running gag at Christmas. Like if it ever comes on on the radio, I'm like, oh, guys, 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 shut up, shut up. Oh, hear that? That's a fucking snare. You know? <laughs> and they're like, shut the fuck up, drummer kid. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's it's right. tradition at this point, but yeah. Uh, talking about fucking cliff richard on an nwa podcast <laughs> that's why that's why this podcast is special yeah <laughs> um were you so, done were you done with that ep yeah i mean you pretty much covered everything there is to say about it there's there's you know four actual uh songs i think yeah yeah and one of them's a christmas song which is already a, a novelty yeah it's fun but they made way stronger stuff. True. All right, cool. Well, then for my number eight, I'm actually going to go touch on one that you already talked about. My number eight is Compton from 2015. Um, cool. The last Dr. Dre album. Uh, well, for, for now. Um, it was 16 <laughs> years after uh, 2001, the chronic yeah. 2001. Um, and we already talked a little bit about it. it. Some of it, he said that he was working on an album called Detox, and then he yeah. scrapped everything and started this soundtrack. But I don't necessarily believe that. I have. A, I don't think you would throw everything out. So I have a yeah. feeling there's probably some detox stuff that wound up on Compton. I would but also think that, yeah. The one thing that I have to say about the three 
Well, no, not not just the three Dr. Dre albums. All the albums that he produced, but especially his solo ones, they sound fucking amazing. They Sonically, do. they sound so good. And this yeah. is just another example of him kind of incorporating his his production style to a more modern sound, and it just it sounds fucking awesome. And then also one thing that another thing that I love about the three Dr. Dre albums is that each one features a newer rapper that Dr. Dre is kind of like this motherfucker yeah. right here. Now on the, on this one, it's Kendrick Lamar, but Kendrick Lamar had already experienced success, but you know, to, to, to you know, people who've been listening to Dr. Dre since the beginning, like Kendrick Lamar was a newer dude. Um, I mean, he was a little kid in Compton when, when, you know, NWA yeah. was doing shit, but, um, and Kendrick Lamar is like the best part of this, album i mean he's the best part of any album he's on really um but like there's some real interesting beats on this in fact i um, i feel like some of the most out there choices production wise that dr dre ever made are on compton there are some certain parts and songs where i go i was not expecting that at all and um that makes it pretty enjoyable and also, since since in the theme of this of this episode, um, on the song "Dark Side Slash Gone," there's a little moment where you hear Easy E. Yeah, and, and, I and, thought that was fucking cool. Yeah, it's it's real it's it's real sweet right there. I love that part. Um, but this album, I think, out of all of his albums, has the most features. Um, yeah, they always have a lot of features, but um, this seems to have a shitload. But it is a really solid album. Uh, and um and and it also has ice cube on the track issues so it's you know i mean it makes sense cuz it's a you know soundtrack to straight out of compton um but the my one gripe actually you know there there one's connected to what you said and then one's you know related um i do agree the second half of the album's stronger than the first half so that's weird it's a weird arrangement of songs yeah but also like a lot of hip hop albums it's too fucking long yeah, <laughs> cut out three or four tracks at least, because um, eventually it doesn't matter how strong your album is. Eventually, it becomes background music because nobody yeah. <laughs> is going, or you're going to take a nap or something. Because sitting there for over an hour, it's it's um, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I've never understood the idea of making a really fucking long album just because. <laughs> some some things some tracks are going to become the tracks that people don't really pay attention to. So it's like if you've got fifteen tracks, pare it down to the best ten to twelve, you know, at least. I don't know. Did you see that video of that um, I th- a Twitch streamer who is like a massive? Uh, I can't remember if it was Drake or Kanye West that he was listening to the new album and. He hypes it up so much in the beginning, like massive, massive news. Holy shit, we get to hear it. Three, two, one, boom, right? He starts playing it. Like by the end of it, he's asleep. Like he's actually asleep on stream. Is this is this, <laughs> this recently? This is pretty recently. It's I gotta be it's gotta it was... be it's gotta be Donda by Kanye West. That's that's the one. Yeah, it's Donda. And he's yeah, listening that was, to it. That was the big uh <laughs> that was the big one that people were waiting for. Um, mm. we, we may, we may have to do a Kanye West at some point, but I don't really think that's a very strong album, but you know, that's just, that's just <laughs> me. Who, who the fuck am I? 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a genius producer. You know. So I don't know. But speaking of genius producers, Dr. Dre. Um, yeah, Compton's good. It just uh, uh, ranking things. This one is the one. It's not an essential go to kind of album. Maybe give it another ten years, and maybe I'll feel a little bit differently because I think that. I felt similar about Chronic 2001 at the time, but some of those songs had have become stone cold classics. Yeah. Um, so maybe Compton will do the same thing. Maybe with age, um, I'll feel differently about it. Uh, but yeah, it's my number eight, Compton. Cool. Straight so my Compton. very Sorry. nice too. That is. It is. <laughs> uh, so my number seven is 2001. Wow, that's also higher or lower than I thought you were going to have this one. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I found, like you said, there's only so many songs you can have on an album before it becomes... <laughs> this is a long but, one. <laughs> yeah, like like this is pu- pushing the absolute limit of how many tracks you could fit on in a, in a reasonable 70-minute disc. and. Yeah. The songs on here that are classics, good fucking God. They deserve their place as, you know, timeless at this point. Um, But there is a lot of information on this disc, (laughs) you know. (laughs) You know, there there are 23 tracks in total. Like, a a small number of them are skits, but there is still at least a solid like 18 songs which without the skits it would still be a long ass album (laughs) yeah yeah um so yeah i've picked my favorites and i'm i'm a i'm a run through them so you got the watcher tune Mm -hmm. i just want to fuck you (laughs) another one that's that's a great song um still dre what a classic dude Yeah. Um, what's the difference? Is it's cool to hear Dre kind of squash the beef with Easy on this one. Um, I mean, once some once some once somebody dies, I mean, you, yeah. you, you can forgive them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late, but yeah. Yeah. Which in that the in thing. the in the in the in Straight Outta Compton, they make it appear that Dr. Dre goes and visits Easy E in the hospital. But I don't think that actually happened. That's it's a nice cinematic yeah. element in the movie. Tugs at the heartstrings a little bit, but yeah. but apparently didn't happen. But that then you get then you get forgot about Dre. Great song featuring Eminem, who was my first big who? artist who I was a fan of. And this is Eminem up and coming because he had he had yeah. like the 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 Slim Shady album had already come out, but. Marshall Mathers is that the the one he really blew up on? Um, yeah. Am I am I getting the names one. right? Because his second album is the one where he fucking blew up, and this is right before that. But I think the yeah. video for "Forgot About Dre" came out after that album came out, so Eminem was fucking huge. Yeah. He blowing way the fuck up. I love I I love the chorus in that one. You know, nowadays everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move the lips just a bunch of gibberish. Your motherfuckers act like they forgot about Dre. Like that's such a fun and the like, way that the way that he say. fits in the way that he fits yeah. in motherfuckers in the rhyme scheme of that in the yeah. beat. I'm I'm always like, 
that works, oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know how, but it uh, just yeah, he, does. He, he's a genius. It feels he's right. The, he's the rap god. He can figure out a way to fit anything in, I guess. And I know that as people get older, you know, their voices change. But, like, it, when you hear, like, Eminem on that song he's on on Compton, yeah. and then listen to, like, early, you know, S- Slim Shady era... It's so weird now. Like his voice is totally different. <laughs> also, I, I have to. I would have to say we'll get. We'll do Eminem at one day. I think he's a way stronger lyricist now than he was then. Which is funny because he's like you know in his late forties. I think now maybe. Yeah, I don't know exactly. He's going to be coming Eminem up for fifty. Um, I believe yeah. so. I mean, I don't know if he's that much older than me or not. But even then, like being in your forties and being at the top, arguably at the top of your game. Yeah. Um, that's pretty insane, but he, but he's, he still kicked a lot of ass back in the day too. I mean, it's, it's still a running joke to, you know, turn around and, and, you know, you look at all of these like, uh, funny clips of, you know, actually bad rappers, but they'll, they'll comment something like the one rapper M is afraid to diss or something like that. And it, but that's just like a testament no, I, I mean that as in like when yeah. people are people are taking the piss, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. someone there, there's like one of a really cringe rap battle that goes horribly wrong, and like someone had put the one guy M is afraid to diss, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> but yeah, there's there's one just before we got off the Eminem thing that do you remember when uh, Machine Gun Kelly went for him and he brought yes. out that song called Kill Shot. And there's there's a part where, you know, I I still I'm wrapping my head around where on the beat it sits. But there's a part where he's like, "How can a man name after a damn gun have a man bun?" Like, and I'm yeah. thinking, where is that? He, it's cool, but where is it? Like, that, I re- I remember I was waiting for that track to come out because yeah. I the, the Machine Gun Kelly song is fucking horrible. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't understand how he had fans at that point. I get it a little more now because he's crossed over into the pop world, but mm. that song sucks. I don't even remember what his song was called. But then, then, then you see like Eminem's put out this kill shot song, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh shit, man!" <laughs> and it delivered. It, it delivered on so many levels, and it, that pretty much just shut everybody up from then on. It's just like, look. Yeah. Do do you really want him to respond to you? Because uh, you mess with the bull, you got the horns, bud. He's got plenty yeah. of time to do it, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. Back to Chronic two thousand one. Back to the lecture at hand. Um, we'll get to that which album. Is, we will. Yeah. Um, where was I? Next episode. No, wait. That's not the right one, is it? No, that's, that's that's still, still Dre. Dre. Sorry, that's still Dre. That's okay. <laughs> I just like that. I doing. I like doing that beat with my mouth. It feels good. Hey, I forgive you. <laughs> All right. Next um, episode is also very good, though. Oh, good God! And I love, I love that bit at the end. You know, hey, yay, yay, yay. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> I told, oh. I told you before that I wish I could make that my ringtone 
on yeah. my phone the word just says that because <laughs> i don't use my ringtone at all it's on vibrate but if i could get that yeah. i'd turn that bitch up to where i'd just be sitting at the store you know in line to buy some groceries and you just hear my yeah. phone go smoke weed every day like, oh, that's for me <laughs> <laughs> and then when and then when you like um when you end the call it goes hold up <laughs> <laughs> that would be good that would be Woo. ace yeah that song's um, that song's great yeah yeah and this is where like the songs after this point there's a lot left of this album and you can kind of cherry pick which ones are your favorites i yeah the like housewife stuck out to me because i feel like snoop never doesn't elevate a song the moment snoop is on a song it becomes its own thing like snoop is his own genre All right. I was doing the clicks. <laughs> I know. I, I liked it. I liked it. Nice. Um, uh, bang, 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 bang. I love that one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, this album's great. You know, it's 23 tracks of damn good rap and a porn interlude. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Now that now that you brought that up, I I think we have we'll have to talk talk about it real quick because I think especially this album, but then um, you know a little bit of the NWA catalog. Um, get some flack for sexism and yeah. treating women just like things that you meat. fuck and yeah. beat. Um, <laughs> how do how do those things come across to you? Like how do you how does it feel? Um, do, do do you have any problems with any of it, or um, do you just take that that's just part of the the rap game? I guess you know. I I kind of. There's a little thing in, in, that I'm kind of blessed with that I can kind of switch off to certain frequencies of uh, maybe not ideas that I subscribe to, but I can enjoy other elements of it. Yeah. So, like, I'll be like, okay, I'm not going to do that, but this beat is fucking fire, dude. Like, yeah. um, I like think that, a, I think the argument can be can be made that that you know that kind of misogyny that's on some of these tracks. Yeah, you probably could directly relate it to people hearing it, and then eventually treating a woman like shit. So, mm-hmm. um, so I I totally understand the arguments against it. In fact, there are several instances on a few of these albums where it is cringeworthy and I agree. definitely yeah. hasn't aged well at all. But nah. even ba- even back in the day, um, even back in the day, I always was just like, "Why do they got to do another sex thing?" I've I've always I've always had this. It it doesn't just relate to sex; it relates to a lot of things in life. But I've always lived by the the um, the idea of act like you've been there before, like. And when I'm when it, so when people like continue to just rap and do explicit things about sex, it always just makes me go. It's it seems like you're new to this whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're so excited that you're having sex that you got to talk to people about it. And at the end of the day, if this wasn't on a rap yeah. record, would you ever want to just listen listen to some dudes explicitly talk about sex? No, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. would not. <laughs> And and honestly, I'm also one of those people that I absolutely loathe sex scenes in movies. I'm just like, get it the fuck out of there. 
Very, very <laughs> rarely does it have anything to do with the narrative of the of the movie. Maybe Basic yeah. Instinct is a good example of the sex needed to be in there because it's the tension of is she going to kill him or not during sex. But other than that, you know, they're kissing a little bit. They fall into a bed, fade to the next morning. It, it literally takes me out of a movie, and just like with songs <laughs> and, and porno skits and shit like that, it takes me out of the album, and I just go, ugh. All right, I guess you know. I guess we got to know about your about you, your sex life. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we found out Stephen watches porn for the plot. <laughs> I didn't say porn. I meant regular movies. Yeah, that being I'm, said, I'm, though, there, there, I think that people have forgotten about the art of filmmaking in uh, that in porn. Yeah. Haven't you seen Boogie Nights? <laughs> <laughs> My fa- my favorite um, line in Boogie Nights is when they're when they're in the limo doing the porn and uh, Burt Reynolds' character is like, "We're gonna make film history right yeah. here on videotape." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, like when it comes down to it, you know, it's it, sexism has slowly crept up to. Uh, racism in also not being okay you know so it's it, i feel like as as time goes on people become more aware that hey maybe don't treat these people like shit either you know i mean but don't, maybe don't treat anybody like shit full stop i mean let's yeah <laughs> let's, yeah, yeah let's go there but yeah it is it is interesting that though that that racism and you know, misogyny and sexism are both things that for years people have said, oh yeah, this is clearly wrong, but it, it but it, nothing has really <laughs> been done about it. Like little things here and there. But, yeah. um, so yeah, so both of those things, like it, it's, it's the same token. I, I guess it's not really on the same token because if there was a rapper and all of their stuff was racist, I would even fucking listen to them. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm kind of a, uh, a hypocrite because I'll allow, some sexism in my hip hop. Um, but it is one of those things that you just take it with, especially once you get back to the eighties and early nineties. I mean, it was just, that's just how everybody talked. Yeah. And, um, on on the flip side though, as well, they do have, you know, you know, woman rappers on some of their songs too. So on, on the flip side of the coin as well, I have to wonder, you know, obviously, they do have a history of sexism, but you you got to wonder if if some of it is, you know, kind tongue of in cheek. Bra- tongue in cheek and bravado, and you know, I do, kind of talk I do in the talk. Yeah, I do think that. So that's probably why it doesn't bother me that much. But you know, yeah. um, if I was an artist, I would be like, well, my tongue in cheekness may not come across that way to some other dude that's going to go beat his lady later tonight. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the point I was trying to make is like how you, how you react to it and how I react to it. Because at the end of the day, everyone, you're all human, you know, for, you know, those of us who are adults, you take things on as you take them on and then you react to them how you want to react. Um, so if somebody came to me and said, I'm never listening to any NWA or Dr. Dre because of the brutality and and misogyny against women, I would be like, Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely understand. Yeah. You know? (laughs) So, uh, so it is an interesting thing. It's one of those interesting hurdles that you have to get over and you either think about it or you don't think about it. 
Um, and then, but that's why I had to bring it up because it is one of those things that when I listen to some of these albums, I do think about that and I go, it's interesting that this is just here in a, an album that's considered a classic, you know? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. It's already derail us with serious shit, folks. Now that, that pretty much, that pretty much wraps up my, uh, 2001. So, uh, I'm gonna hand it over to you. Awesome. So, um, my number seven. I'm going to hit on another EP. My uh, number seven is the EP. It's a really confusing name. It's on Dr. Drake crossed out 187 um killer from 1993. It's Easy es last EP. Yeah. Um, it's essentially just a response to Dre Day from The Chronic. So it's like he put out one EP, The Chronic comes out, and they fucking take Easy e through the ringer. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and he comes back with a fucking EP just dissing, well, not all the songs, but for the most part, dissing Dr. Dre and, and Snoop Dogg and Death Row Records and shit like that. Um, yeah. The one... Once again, I don't think this is a necessarily very a very strong EP, but the one thing it has going for it is the song Real Motherfucking G's, yeah. which is really good. But <laughs> it's interesting how good it is because it's essentially taking the sound that Dr. Dre had already been doing and then they did their own version of it, yeah. but it's still really good. <laughs> and so it's like, <laughs> good on them, I guess, for for taking that. Um, but yeah, it's 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 another hit or miss EP. Um, the interesting thing about this particular EP in the timeline of when things were coming out is that now you have Easy E, who was a, apparently the actual gangsta in NWA, mm. is now trying to play catch up to Dr. Dre, the one guy who is easily just playing gangsta. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I guess, I guess he he may have had some gangsta, you know, shit in his life, but. Comparatively speaking, you know, Easy E yeah. was in it, and Dr. Dre was not really. Um, and so it's funny that at this point, you know, you would say you could say that the popularity of NWA wasn't just because of Dr. Dre's production, and Easy E played a really big role. So did Ice Cube, but now Easy E's are like, wait, motherfucker, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and Dr. Dre's <laughs> just fucking taken off with a fucking massively popular album. Um, it was like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, it's interesting listening to stuff like this and thinking about it from a metalhead perspective because I don't care who's an actual gangsta and who's not. Just like we don't care that Slayer aren't all Satanists. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just like you're painting a picture, you're telling a story. Whether or not this story is about you, who the fuck cares? So it doesn't yeah. matter to me, but I do realize that especially if you are an actual gangbanger, you don't want somebody else putting on your costume and being yeah. like, I'm playing you on this album. Um, <laughs> that remi- it reminds me of uh, 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 the movie CB4. Um, have you ever seen CB4? Uh, no. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a parody. It's essentially a parody. You like parodies? Yep. Would you like a parody's nuts on your chin? <laughs> Ah! Woo! <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> um, CB4 is a movie uh, made by Chris Rock in like 94, 93, 94. 
and it's a it's a comedy about a group of of suburban guys who decide to start a rap group and pretend to be gangsters and they even parody NWA songs like instead of straight out of Compton it's straight out of low cash and, they, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's it's ice cube you know rapping um nice. and, these two, and these two other dudes and um and then like the, and the song that they're not supposed to play like in you know for NWA the cops were like you can't play fuck the police but in CB4 the song they're not supposed to play is called sweat from my balls <laughs> 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 and uh, I highly recommend it. It's kind of dumb, but it's got so many really funny parts in it that if you like yeah. a good '90s comedy, that's kind of it's. I mean, it's not it's not an SNL comedy, but it's Chris Rock produced by Lauren Michaels, um, and yeah. it's uh, it's great. But it's uh, but it reminds me of that because the whole movie is about these guys pretending to be gangsters to be uh, popular rappers. I'm surprised I've never heard of that because that sounds like way up my street, dude. Soundtrack's great too. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah, so I, I would I would highly recommend it. Anyway, it just <laughs> reminded me of that. But um, moving on with it's it's on. I'm just going to call it it's on because it's a really long, confusing title. <laughs> um, so yeah, the interesting thing uh, uh, too about this EP is that sure, like Dr. Dre, you know, dissed Easy E quite a bit. I mean, not just him, Snoop Dogg did as well. Mm. Um, but on this one, he's dissing Dr. Dre. But if you listen to the style of music he's making, he apparently still needs Dr. Dre. And Dr. Dre wouldn't be where he was without Easy E. This is a case yeah. of just two macho dudes who were too young to know they were being stupid. Yeah. Um, and if, <laughs> if Easy E was still alive today, I'm pretty goddamn sure that Easy e would be on Dr. Dre albums. But at the time, yeah. there was just so much. Their heads were huge. You know, everyone thought they were the star. Um, and uh, at this point, unfortunately, it turned out that Easy e wasn't the star he thought he was. Mm. Um, but yeah, this EP is not great. Plus, it's got the, th- the second of, uh, remix of Boys in the Hood. There's three versions now. There's the original yeah. version, the remix that's on uh, uh, Easy Does It, and then he did it again. And at that point, it's the just G-mix. like, come on, yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this I like things about this EP a lot, but other things I just kind of go, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of whatever, especially when you put it up against the fucking chronic. So um mm. so that's why it's my number seven. Cool. Moving on. I was just gonna ask as well, um, of every member of NWA, who has who has the coolest voice in your opinion? Uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, I, Ice. I, I mean, would, uh, listen, yeah. to, listen to Ice Cube. Like I, the 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 NWA albums without Ice Cube, you're missing a key component to why they fucking ruled. Because um, sure, sure e- Easy has his own distinct delivery that I love. Even mm. Dr. Dre. Has a has a, a really great tone to his voice and the way he delivers stuff. But Ice Cube, plus Ice Cube is writing shit. Like that's the one thing you got to remember. Yeah. We're talking about the two rappers that had to have shit written for them: Easy E and Dr. Dre. Yeah, and th- that shit was written by Doc, by Yella, by Ren. I know. Oh, did Yella? Yeah. Well, no, Yella didn't write shit. Uh, but uh, maybe he did. I don't know. Um, and by Ice Cube. And so. Yeah. Ice Cube to me is like the guy that that's why like I'm okay with not talking about him very much today because eventually we'll get to his discography and he's he, his own beast. He, yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. But I I love his voice because he is 
he's kind to me kind of like a Chuck D where he just sounds yeah. like whatever he's fucking rapping about, you need to fucking listen to this. He um, 100% means it. You know, there's a there's a conviction to the way he delivers his his lines, you know. Who's who's your Whereas, favorite though? Cuz you asked me that question, who is your favorite of them? I would say for for me, the one that always stood out to me the most was Easy. Yeah. And I know that, you know, Easy wasn't a rapper in the beginning. You know, he kind of had to take on the um they kind of had to coach him yeah. up to speed. But the thing I liked about him was he to, to my ears, he had the most unique voice in the group too. So yeah. it was like also even today, I don't think there's any rapper that sounds like Easy E, and and there are a lot of people that I think not anymore, but there were a lot of people trying to sound like Ice Cube for sure. So yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, cool. that, 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 that also I, the we're not we're not bringing him up because he wasn't a member of NWA, but um, uh, an amazing rapper who unfortunately only got to put out a couple of records was the DOC. And oh, his his debut album is up there with the first NWA record for me as so fucking good. And then, of yeah. course, if you know the history of DOC, he got into a bad car accident. His larynx was crushed, and yeah. then he didn't. He tried to do another album with his weird sounding voice, but it didn't really wasn't very successful. Yeah, um, but you, but you still hear. I mean, he still did writing for Dre. And you still hear yeah. him, like you get to hear him on like the twenty dollars sack pyramid on Chronic and stuff. Um, yeah. and, oh, and he does, and he does, uh, he does a little bit on Hundred Miles and Running. There's like a, I mm. think it's on Hundred Miles and Running that where there's a one of the tracks. There's like a phone call, and it's uh, and it's and it's DOC, and he sounds like he sounds like this, you know, because that's where that's yeah. how his voice ended up. But yeah, that first DOC album, we have. I had to give a little bit of attention to that because it's yeah, it's fucking great. But you know. Moving, moving on to your number six of the artists that we're talking about today. Cool. So my number six is Easy Does It. We're, we have very different lists, and I really like this. This is cool. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't do too much of a track-by-track track for this one because I would probably say the same thing for each of the tracks. Like, he's got a very distinct voice and... Uh, to me, this one is very similar in vibe to Straight Outta Compton, but Easy is doing most of the vocal work. Yeah. That said, you know, there are some absolute bangers on this one. And um, my favorites, you know, the ones that stood out to me, you know, Boys in the Hood, I know it's the remix version. Yeah. But, like, it's such a classic, dude. Um, easier said than done. GTA San Andreas, baby. Nice. One of uh, my first exposure to Easy, and I was like, this guy's fucking cool. Um, radio, I know he doesn't curse in Easier Said Than Done, uh, but the, the radio track impressed me because I was like, he made it through a track without cursing. That's, it. that's, that's, <laughs> that's totally against Easy's fucking vibe. Yeah. Um, no More Questions is in uh, GTA 5. Um, th- like I said, this one's stylistically very similar to Straight Outta Compton, but obviously with much more emphasis on Easy. I mean, it was it was I, produced uh, yeah. like right after, like I think it came out within months yeah. of, of Straight Outta Compton. So they were they probably went from working on Straight Outta Compton directly to working on on Easy Does It. And I'm totally down with it because to me, to my ears, like I said, Easy's got the most unique 
delivery yeah. out of out of the entire group. Um, let me just get the old. Let me just get the old track list up here a minute. Okay. Easy does behind the scenes, folks. This is where we get on our computers. Hell yeah! Oh, nobody move! Like oh, we want easy. Yeah, you know, there's there's so many good songs on here, and it really is. It was nice to find out as like a fan of you know I I got into NWA and I was like, holy shit! There's like whole albums of this guy who is my favorite voice from this group so i was like yeah. oh hell yeah i'm down for that so um yeah easy does it really cool really cool album like i said we've been we've been in kind of banger central since the very start really <laughs> i mean they've they've all got their bangers on them for sure yeah so um you know with that a brief little love note to easy does it yeah <laughs> Awesome. So uh, we'll, we'll, for my number six, once again, going back to an album you've already talked about, uh, 2001, the Chronic 2001 from 1999. It's weird that it's just, I mean, I think it's just called 2001, but it came out in 1999 and whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, which was released seven years after the Chronic. And um, this is the one, so it's not my favorite, but I think this is the most... When it comes to Dr. Dre's production, this is the best. The 2001 mm. sounds amazing. Like I, it could have come out yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's and and like we said, it is one of those albums that it's mixed in such a way that you crank it up and it doesn't feel too yeah. like overloaded in your face. It just sounds great. And um, like we already talked about, he moved a little bit away from the the g-funk kind of stuff it's a little bit in here but he had these different ideas you know for 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 his beats here um which he worked with another dude too on this but i don't remember what his name is unfortunately um but obviously we already talked about it it's got some songs that are absolute classics um you know you got eminem on here eminem is the the big feature on this particular album um but I just like the fact, like I've already said, that his three albums are very unique from each other. Um, and um, I, I also I just love how, you know, in 1999, there were still so many rappers who were still trying to ride the G-Funk wave. And Dr. Yeah. Dre just said, you can have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do something else. And, uh, yeah. and I, I like that about this album. Um, but I do have to say that a good number of the songs on here they're kind of underwhelming and they do come across kind of like well-polished filler. So like even the songs that I go as a song, this ain't that good, but it still sounds so amazing that I just go just, I just, it feels good in my ears, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's a really strong album. Um, it's too long. It wears thin in the second half of the album. Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I do, I do agree with its classic status at this point, just because it, it does have a, like there's no other I mean Doc, Dr. Dre is is has has done a pretty damn good job of putting out three albums that um I could understand somebody's argument for thinking it's their favorite because they all have yeah. really great great qualities to them. Um but I do think that you know this this rounds out my bottom 5 at the top just because it's it's got classic elements it sounds really good but at the end of the day there is filler on it and um 
yeah, some of it, some of it just loses me a little bit, but it's, it's still a damn good album. And so that, that, uh, that wraps up the first half of our top 10. All right. Um, number five. Cool. So, uh, my number five is, uh, Ephil for Zagin. <laughs> fellas for life. Otherwise fellas, known as fellas for life. <laughs> <laughs> This this one I had to be really careful too because of all of the albums, this one's probably got the most uses of fellas, fellas. in the yeah. song titles. <laughs> yep, and, um, and not only in the titles, but all through the album as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is you know we're in top half territory now. So so this is so for those of you who don't know, this is the last album that NWA put out in nineteen in nineteen ninety one. And and obviously, with they still they don't have Ice Cube, but yeah. um, all the rest of the dudes are there. Hell yeah! So um, you know, Prelude literally picks up where Commercial left off. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you get Real Fellas Don't Die, which is an absolute tune. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas for Life is also another absolute tune. <laughs> we're just covering our ass here with the fellas thing ain't we? like i mean i'm, I'm not I'm not, I'm not opposed to it i wasn't i wasn't yeah. going to say it anyway that's, that's yeah. not, that is not you know my mo at all yeah um but uh <laughs> but the, the use of the word fellas just makes it really funny well I, I just thought as well like what's what's a really like say, say if dave Chappelle was gonna do an impression of a white guy what's a word he would use and i thought fella you know yeah Listen, fella, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so here's where we're going to get kind of a a back-to-back of GTA songs, finally. Uh, Appetite for Destruction is in GTA 5, and it's a great song. Isn't it Uh, funny that our last episode was talking about Guns N' Roses, and now we're talking about NWA, and they have a track called Appetite for Destruction. That's it. You see, that always, I thought to myself, oh my God, are they going to sample a Guns N' Roses track when I first saw it? They didn't, but I don't no. mind because the song is badass in itself. That's true. Absolutely. Um, uh, then you get Always Into Something, which is the first NWA song I heard because it was in San Andreas. Yeah. And so that was, honestly, the, the, the G-Funk radio station in that game is flawless. Like, there is such a... It nailed the vibe completely. Um, yeah. <laughs> Real Fellas, great song. Had That was a track that had appeared on 100 Miles and Running. And so yeah. having it here, I thought to myself, well, you know, that's another reason I kind of wouldn't need to listen to 100 Miles and Running. So that's what kind of yeah. bumped it down a, another chunk. Um, Find them, fuck them, and flee is a contender for top 100 song titles, in my opinion. <laughs> like that's it's such a good, it's such a good one. The way it's worded too, like find dumb, fuck them, and flee. I love that. Um, Sounds like a, some sort of bizarre uh, uh, attorney's office. <laughs> find them, fuck them, and fuck flee. An associate. Attorneys at law. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, what else have we got here? We got automobile is good fun. I know it's a oh, classic. God. It's a classic case of like dumb, but they had a blast making it. And, so. that, and funny, funny enough, the two songs that are that that apparently are written by Easy E are both not hip hop songs. And <laughs> the ones, the one song from this album that gets stuck into my head, like I'll just be 
washing dishes or something, and I'll just hear that. You be good to me. Yeah. Oh, I'll be, <laughs> be good, good to you. To you. <laughs> it uh, it's uh, it's so funny, but it's uh, yeah. that it makes the second half of the album pretty um interesting to me. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. I love a good goofy song every now and again. You yeah. know, to break to break the tension. You know, um, she swallowed it. Is the spiritual sequel to the porno rap track? Just don't bite it. Um, it it does what it says. We've covered this. <laughs> um, yeah. I'd rather fuck you. Is admittedly another another not rap song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like even even if the lyrics are just as abrasive, like it it has a certain vibe to it that I'm like kind of. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> so that that so that the delivery of these songs though it does make it seem more tongue in cheek. Yes, yeah, he clearly sure. he's just having fun here. Mm. Um, but yeah, and that's what I love about this album is they they didn't hide the fact that they were having a blast making it. Um, and then like you know, Days of Way Back is a great closer. This is a really good gangster rap album, dude. It's a, it's just such a good one. I I agree. Um, um, yeah. um, and 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 we're this is our first matchup, I think, because hey. my number five is also "Fellas for Life" or "Eat Till for <laughs> Zagging." Um, I don't don't play that backwards. Yeah, <laughs> I don't take the audio and switch it around. Although it probably sounds nothing like it. But anyway, uh, I agree. I, I agree. All the same things. I agree. Um, I actually really like this album a lot. Yeah, but it ends up at number five on my list. First of all, let's talk about the strengths. Production-wise, it's amazing. Like I yeah. said, every time Dr. Dre is behind the boards doing something new, it start it sounds better and better each time. Yeah, and this album just sounds really good. And um, honestly, my my gripes like there's a lot of strong tracks. And I love that they did these weird 180 turns with automobile and I'd rather fuck you or just like, why, why do they throw these on here? But I love it. It's fucking fun. Yeah. Um, but the, the, the weak parts of this are the fact that they get, they start to get way too much into the sexual side of things. And I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> and so it makes me feel like, Oh, they're not, they're not really that, enraged about social issues anymore because now they've got some money in their stars so yeah. now they're just gonna rap about <laughs> fucking women um but there's really there's still really good tracks on here but you know you got real fellas which was already on 100 miles and running which is a great song but they just used the song again then you have she swallowed it which i was already done with this shit on just don't bite it and they do it again with the same kind of chorus, the same chorus really, you know? And so I'm just like, all right, that's a throwaway track right there. Yeah. Um, and there's just a couple of weak moments, especially in the second half of the album where I, it's, it loses a lot of steam and overall as an album, even though I do really enjoy it, it doesn't, it's not banger after banger for me. Um, like they're, previous two releases are even 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 with my gripes about you know just don't bite it we'll get there but um i i I think it's great it's in my top five it's an amazing hip-hop album and um i just think that they did the four that i'm gonna talk about um after this are better than this and so this one ends up also at my number five so let's move on to uh number four cool so uh 
my number four now, this is probably the biggest gap between placings we've got mm-hmm. so far. Because my number four is straight off the streets of motherfucking Compton. Okay. So I actually, I, I love this one. It, it's a shame he passed away before this came out. This is obviously, you know, easy. Um, yeah. And the, to, to me, there's some really good, you know, G-Funk stuff on on this one. And there's, there's some kind of so awesome you laugh moments. Um, and it's also nice that, you know, at the end you get to hear DJ Yella kind of delivering something of a eulogy where he's like, hey, look, I wanted to finish this for easy you know, now he's, now he's passed away. Yeah. Um, you know, old school shit told me right out of the gate that we were in for a good one with the, with the G funk vibe again. Um, sorry, Louie is disturbingly catchy considering the, the, the line that they hammer home is the best is heading with my Louisville slugger, you know, yeah. that yeah. part, you know, I love it, but I feel on edge the entire time. I like, <laughs> I, I like someone's been murdered to this song. 100%. Yeah. Um, like sipping on a four is a tune. The chorus on nuts in your chin made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. fucking love it. Um, also the motherfucking reel is eerie to listen to. Like, you know, he talks about what he wants on his tombstone, almost mm-hmm. like he knew his days were numbered, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the ins and outs of when each track was, you know, when he worked on it, Mm. He, I mean, he may have done shit when he already knew he was sick. I mean, I, mm. I have no idea. And that, that'd be eerie as fuck if that's true. Yeah. Like, knowing the aura around this album, like you say, it's kind of, it's a bummer of an aura, but it yeah. also gives it a, a weight where it's like, oh shit, yeah, damn, that's kind of spooky. Um, fuck my baby's mama! That one's a catchy one. <laughs> um <laughs> It, it's also it's a fun thing to shout, but like I, I feel as though once you have a kid, it's it's a little hard to get away with. No, for for some of us that it hits home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. What would you do is cool, and it, to me, I I really enjoyed it. I understand your critiques uh but for, for me as as a big easy fan uh this one just has a certain vibe to it that i yeah I totally totally enjoy and um yeah so that is my number four sweet uh my Over number four got move, moving back a little bit again my number four is 100 miles and one and one in and 100 100 hold on rewind that <laughs> 100 miles and running from 1990. Uh, The only, the first and only EP that NWA put out and they put it out after ice cube left the group. Um, so I think this is a really strong EP. It, it, to me, it's one of those EPs that has repeated play qualities. Like I just want to play it again once it's over, mostly because uh, the song hundred miles and running is so fucking good. Yeah. And it's got probably my favorite Dr. Dre performance because you almost don't even know that it's him. It is the most aggressive 
that Dr. Dre was ever on a track because he's not known for being like, motherfucker, man, your fate. But that's how he sounds. He eventually becomes like, you know, I'm a smooth rapper. Like he, he's, he has a much more smooth demeanor. Yeah. Um, But, but like he's, he sounds unhinged on a hundred miles and running and I love it. And then, um, obviously on real fellas, we get the first shots fired at, uh, ice cube. Um, the thing that I really like about this EP is that, you know, post straight out of Compton, this EP, they're still pushing boundaries here. Yeah. And I like the fact that even though it's supposed to, if you, if you, if you think about the, the last track on the EP, Oh, is this supposed to be a placeholder before we get to the next album? But the fact that it's just, it's just, you know, four actual tracks, and then you could say that one of them is like a sequel to Straight Outta Compton, which is fine because they don't really, not Straight Outta Compton, Fuck the Police. Um, it's a mm. sequel to Fuck the, fuck the Police. That's what, that's what I know you're an actual fan of the band because if you, saw, if you call the song Fuck the Police, I'm all like, what song is that? I want to listen yeah. to Fuck the Police. Um, anyway, so, uh, so um, I, I just like the, the evolving sound. You already hear it happening on this EP. And um, it's really strong. Like, I just think all four tracks, even even Just Don't Bite It, which I roll my eyes a little bit at it, <laughs> as a song, it's still pretty cool and enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and so I just like the fact that this, as an EP, it's just like such a well-done EP. You get all these different flavors. You get a little bit of skits going on. You get a, this interesting, like, commercial for the next album at the end of it. Yeah. Um, I just like the way it's all packaged. It's just, and the artwork, I love the cover of this EP. Most of these really I do, cool. I do love painted album covers and you don't see that a lot in hip hop. And That's so true. I really, I really like the cover of this EP also. Um, I just think it fucking rules. Like it's, um, out of, out of the, we're, we're now at the point where I, I think that I, I really wouldn't change anything about the next, this and the next three things that I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, that's my number four, hundred mile. I'm not going to try to say it again because my mouth doesn't want to wrap around it for some reason. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, so let's move on to number three. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> my number three, excuse me. My number three, uh, is it's on Dr. Dre. One eight seven um killer. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> it's not, but it's not even Dr. Dre in parentheses. It's Dr. Dre in parentheses and crossed out. So it's like okay. is it? It's like it's not. Not only is it not there, it's parenthetically not there. Or is that is oh, that so, the right word? Parent parenthetic whatever. Uh, let, let me try it again. It's on beep. <laughs> One eight seven um killer. <laughs> the man who we shall not name. <laughs> <laughs> like we we already talked about real motherfucking G's. What? An- I mean, that's it's a great. That's a really great song, man. Yeah. Motherfuck uh, Dre. Motherfuck Snoop. Motherfuck Death Row. Oh, that's still. Oh, it, it makes me want to stick it on now. I know it'd be inappropriate. We're doing a podcast right now, but we we like- we would be demonetized immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, you know you got any last words? Still a fella. Um, give me that nut. <laughs> is st- Every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still a fella. That's going to be a thing now. Every time there's a song <laughs> with usage of said word, we will use the word 
fella in yeah. in future. I, so, I, yeah. I like that idea. To cement the fact that we're a couple white dudes talking about black music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are we, we're, we're literally, it's like, how more irrelevant can we be? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe um, we're relevant to somebody out there. I don't know. How? We, we are the liaison between... <laughs> I'm, I'm, hoping that what, I'm, I'm hoping that we end up turning on people that don't listen to a lot of hip-hop to some stuff. Mm. Because I think that this hip-hop is like my second... Like if you're talking about the music that I love the most, I would put thrash metal at the top and then hip-hop kind of right underneath thrash metal. Nice. Um, and so the fact that it's important music to me, I'm all like, I hope that some people get something out of it and... You know, even if they only like one of these albums we're talking about at the end of the day, that's one more than they liked before. So, you know, but I'm pretty totally. sure those people aren't even watching this anymore. They probably already, <laughs> they're, they're, or, or listening. They fucking, they even fucking click it. You know, and they're just like, why would I want to listen to these douchebags talk about hip hop? If you're still kicking around, you are a true peanut butter platypus. That Absolutely. Is, yes. Yeah. So uh, you're a real, you're a real motherfucking peanut butter platypus. Oh, <laughs> uh, here's the thing, right? I I love give me that nut because it gives me this. <laughs> right, it's, it's such a fun song. And yeah. the, the part where he's going, give me that, give me that, give me that nut. Uh, I just think of here's the image I had in my head. For some reason, and this is my fucked comedy brain now thinking during this song i thought to myself i would pay good money to have a side scrolling platformer of easy e as a squirrel with that song in the background running around collecting nuts and it just goes give me that give me that give me that nut the whole time. you know i i i really do think that if you ever if you ever blow up to the point where like you can you have your own comedy show I really think that you should call it Eddie Sparks's fucked comedy brain or whatever you said. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, that's a really great name, man. I like that. I, but also, also the title, give me that nut. Like you, you want the nut? Like I don't yeah. quite, isn't that, doesn't that mean, <laughs> doesn't that mean he wants, I mean, am I wrong? I don't, I don't want to get too explicit, but that sounds like he's asking for something that maybe he doesn't want. <laughs> or maybe he does i don't know i just it's just a weird it's a weird phrasing of that particular thing also i always thought it was really interesting that in in several instances on some of these early nwa and other stuff they they say the term don't come in my face have you have you noticed yeah, that yeah they say, don't come in my face and i'm all yeah. like yeah i don't i don't want to <laughs> nobody's gonna come in your face is there something we need to talk about um <laughs> Because it, it's a weird phrasing to use. Because I know what they mean. Yeah. Like, don't don't get in my face. But like, you know, us dirty minded folk. That uh, <laughs> it means it means something entirely different. <laughs> yeah, it's um, sorry. It it's it's a it's a funny song, and I can't help <laughs> it. It's it's one of those you know, same as same as nuts on your chin. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those that just cracks me up. Um. It's on is a straight up retaliation. Like there is no other word for it, you know, other than well, other than diss track. But um, <laughs> you know, I do agree with like the third version of Boys in the Hood. It's like you're you already made 
one that was a classic. You've yeah. already cemented its legacy. Um, I mean, it's almost like he needs to remind everybody, like, hey, you're listening to this chronic shit, but remember where it started. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, it makes sense, I guess. For sure. And, you know, down to the last roach. You know, there's more digs at Dre in this. You know, this inadvertently ended up being one of my favorites. And mm -hmm. I'm shocked I'd never really heard this one in its full before. Because uh, this is one of the ones that I went in totally blind with apart from you know, real motherfucking G's. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm happy that we did this so that, you know, now I have a, a pretty high ranking gangster rap album that I didn't have before. So nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, well, we'll, we'll we're going to continue on with easy E with my number three. My number three is easy. Does it from 1988? Nice. Um, three months. Yeah. Released three months after mm. straight out of Compton. And so when they went, if I remember right, like when they went on tour, they were touring two albums essentially. And they yeah. did, and they did some easy E songs in the tour. Um, and this one obviously has got a lot of lyrics written by a lot of other people. Cause he didn't write his own lyrics. A lot, a lot written by MC Ren, some written by ice cube, but, um, it, it, it also features NWA members in the tracks, so it's almost like a you know a sister album or whatever to straight out of Compton, yeah. and and it, like you said, it does have a very similar vibe. Although I think that this seems like the more laid back version, like the like you, you like it, it's it's a really nice album to put on after Straight Outta Compton because it's Straight Outta Compton's yeah. you know it's pretty intense Full on. half of the time. And then you get to Easy Does It, and it seems a little bit more like, you know, chill yeah. for the most part. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it has, it has the Boys in the Hood remix, and it's, it's still good. Like, it's, uh, I, get the, I get the idea of putting it on this album because, you know, it was the first full length from Easy e and that was the song that he was, you know, very well known for. And so, you know, yeah. why not throw it on the album? Um, it's, not, it's not as strong as Straight Outta Compton, but I do think that even this, even this small amount of time between Straight Outta Compton and Easy Does It, I don't know if they were recording it alongside Straight Outta Compton or right after, but there's already an improvement in the production between the two. Yeah. And um, I think that's pretty amazing. Like, like apparently, like Dr. Dre was just one of those dudes that once he was given the opportunity, that fucker was off and running. Yeah. Um, have you have you ever watched? We may have talked about this before. Have you ever watched? There's a documentary called The Defiant Ones. Uh, I don't think I have. No. It's uh, it. I think HBO did it, and it's a documentary about Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine, the record producer guy. Yeah. And it and it's literally like I don't know how many parts it is. It's six parts of like hour plus long episodes going through the history of Jimmy Iovine as a record producer. And then Dr. Dre, and then their lives coming together around the time of the Chronic, and then eventually their lives just going along together because they, you know, Jimmy Iovine is, is on board with Dr. Dre's labels and stuff, and they, I think they go into the Beats, they, the the headphones together, wow. and and it's just a, f it's such a well done and fascinating documentary about these two guys, who are both geniuses at what they do. Like yeah. Jimmy Iovine was was instrumental in producing so many classic records, you know, everything from, 
you know, Bruce Springsteen to Tom Petty. Um, and later on down the line, he had a lot to do with a lot of popular 90s artists as well. Um, but it's just this really great doc. It's one of those documentaries that like I could watch it once a year and never get tired of watching it. Um, but it's really great. If, if for, for anyone out there that's never seen it, it's called The Defiant Ones. I highly recommend it. It's, 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 it's amazing. But yeah, they cover a lot of this stuff in it um, with Dr. Dre. Anyway, it just made me think of it. But um, I agree with what you said about this album too, is that um, the bit, to me, the, the, the big strength in this album is just Easy's voice because Easy has such mm. a unique voice and you get to hear his voice a lot on this album. But luckily, he still has some pretty damn good writers behind him yeah. on this. Um, but clearly, like, you know, his his set of skills is in his own swagger, and his own delivery. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's clear that he needed the other dudes with him. Like, you know, wh- whether he's working with Yella or whoever, you know, he del- he still did some good shit, but... You can tell that like he thrived in the environment of having Dre and the other all the other guys there with him. They were um, a they were a well oiled machine when they yeah. were all together. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so um, yeah, I think it's a great album. I it's it's well like I said, these top four, I wouldn't change anything about them. Um, even though like I wouldn't call, I wouldn't call you know any of these albums perfect necessarily, um, but. I, I like them for all of the little, I don't know, all of the the, the quirky, the quirks, yeah, yeah, the quirks that they have, um, and I really enjoy this album, and so that's why it's my number three. Easy does it, sweet. On to number two, cool. So my number two is the classic Straight Outta Compton. All right, man. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to Unfuckwithable. This is that, you know? Yep. And, you know, Straight Outta Compton, the trio of Straight Outta Compton, Fuck the Police, and Gangster Gangster, which is on GTA Five. Um, <laughs> you know. The, how the many, how tri- many is that, folks at home? Anyone keeping a tally of <laughs> yeah. references? Oh, we've got plenty to go, and we were only on, like, we've got two albums left. We've got, yeah. like, quite a, quite a few to get to. Um you know, the, if this had come out as an EP and it was just those first three songs, it would still be the classic that it yeah. is, you know, yeah. in, in, in my opinion. That first opening trio, like, God damn, I, I listened to it and I'm just as psyched as the first time I heard it. Because, you know, Straight Outta Compton ends and then Fuck the Police comes in. And then Gangster Gangster, and every time the next song starts, I think, oh, dude, you know. Uh, and then, of course, you get If It Ain't so Rough. You th- so you think, it, you think it loses some momentum on track four? No, I don't think it loses any any momentum. I, I just think those first three. I mean, I like, agree. They're very strong. The, the first three cement it, you know. And yeah. by that point, the rest of the album is boom, boom, boom. You know, holy fuck! How does this album keep delivering? You know, yeah, yeah. You got if if it ain't rough, you know. MC Ren takes the helm on that one. Parental discretion is advised. Uh, the DOC is on this track, which adds a little extra layer of awesome to it. Yeah, uh, April remix. You know, I, whenever Easy is on the mic is a 
a big thing for me. His attitude is something else. Um, something like that. I love the gang vocals on this one. Um, Express Yourself, uh, Dre-fronted tune, and it yeah. appears in GTA San Andreas. <laughs> also, also the song where he says he doesn't smoke weed because it'll weed cause or brain damage. Or cess. <laughs> or cess. What the fuck is cess? I feel so th- uncool whenever they mention cess. I'm all like, what does that mean? I think it's, I'm pretty sure it, I, it might be like weed cut with a little extra shit in there. I can't. Oh, okay. I can't be one hundred percent sure. You know, I've, I've, I've never, I've never smoked sass myself. Um, but yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm not that cool. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna find out I. what it is. I'm gonna find out how to get some, just so I can say that I did it. <laughs> uh, we got uh, Compton's Compton's in the house remix. Yeah, you know, some more of the gang vocal rapping that I love. You know, I ain't the one is a is a diss track to all the gold diggers out there. Uh, Dope Man remix. You know, for for such an edgy group that caused such a stir, this debut actually doesn't really glorify the whole drug thing, does it? I mean, there's a lot of messages on here that are actually like, you know, if if you do this, you're a stupid motherfucker. And <laughs> and know? a lot. And honestly, if you if you re- that's the thing I think is so funny about even today, even yeah. today, parents are still getting pissed off. People are getting pissed off at at fuck the police. And I'm just like, if you listen to it in context, like they're reacting to something bad happening to them. And yeah. you're literally just discounting like, fuck their feelings. We got to back all cops, no matter what. And I'm like, that is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that show that shows the, that your, your humility right there. You're like, no, it doesn't matter what kind of person you are. It matters what kind of job you have and what kind of uniform you wear. Like fuck yeah. that shit. You and know? also, what were they going to title it? Some police officers aren't very nice. Doesn't exactly have a fucking ring to it, does it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those few bad cops. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's... A select yeah, few sorry. people in my community, you know? Yeah. That, oh. I mean, that, but that's... that that it's, it's just so fucked up to me that that... Still, even today, people just can't wrap their heads around the idea of something... Being being an important statement to make, but but yes, it doesn't necessarily mean that every cop ever in the world should be killed. I mean, yeah. it, it, and I think anybody listening to that song knows that anyone with a half yeah. a fucking brain knows that shit. And so it's just it's always baffling to me. But you know, there's there's a there was a story that happened. I think in in Texas, I, I believe it was on, on in one of the cities that's like out, out around Austin where I used to live. And during a school board meeting, a parent read the lyrics to "Fuck the Police" with the n bombs, and nice. was basically <laughs> saying that this song is included in the curriculum, which it wasn't included in the curriculum. <laughs> It literally—I I, I believe that it was some reference. Somebody referenced it, and te- teachers were discussing things, and somehow right. the the song got brought up. Mm. And this this lady took it upon herself to, in front of everybody, make a complete ass out of herself, and, and just not only showing that, like, yeah, I'm a complete piece of shit, but also I'm a huge idiot. Yeah, <laughs> and that, and that that sums up so much of what's happening in in my country today, <laughs> so. dude. Like every now and again, I get lost down like a, a town meeting rabbit hole, 
and I just yeah. watch people make asses of themselves for hours on it. Have you have you ever watched the ones with the two surfer dudes that want to like get the statue? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the one at the end where the, where the it's like yeah, we'll be sure to pass the law of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure or something at the end of it. You know, yeah, yeah, those are great. But yeah, those are there's a lot of cool <laughs> ones. Um, they, it, but they a lot of them happen. Like yeah. even locally, like you, if you dig a little bit, you will find some crazy fucking people that just go to your city council or whatever. And just, yeah. They're insane people. I mean, everyone's allowed to speak, I guess, you know, it's one of those things, but some of it is uh, <laughs> pure entertainment. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let's get, let's get on with this album. Uh, yeah. Where was I? Dope man remix. Um, great song. Oh, yeah. Some of these, some of these were on the yeah. NWA and the posse album. A few of them. Yeah. Which is why they're remixes. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Quiet on the set, more gangster rap goodness. I had to Mm -hmm. do a full track by track for this one because it's more classic. I'm I'm not hating this at all. Oh, yeah. And and finally, you get something to dance to. Uh, You know, fun late Finally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's all like, been so serious. We just came here to dance. All right, fine. Here's something to dance to. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like a, a a little DJ scratch track dance kind of thing. Yeah, good fun. fun it's a nice wrap up to the album. Yeah, it, it it kind of it breaks the tension. Um, so yeah, straight out of Compton, it's a classic for a reason. I, I absolutely yeah. agree, and <laughs> I agree so much so that that is not my number two. Um, hey. appa- apparently, we're going to be doing a little crisscross here. Um, not wearing our, I, I mean, I'm actually wearing all of my clothes backwards, but nobody really can tell. So, yeah, this um, is actually the the uh, the back of my Terminator shirt. The other side has his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, his butt would be in the front? It's a confusing t-shirt. <laughs> it is. I don't know why they designed it that way. But uh, yeah, my number two is The Chronic from 1992. Nice. Um, in my opinion, I mean... You could probably back this up with some facts too. Um, so NWA straight out of Compton kickstarted the trend of gangster rap, but I feel like the Chronic made it a household term. Like yeah. even suburban white ladies who you know who are going to PTA meetings, they 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 now knew what gangster rap was and yeah. actually had tracks that they liked. You know, because this was a massive album. I almost think that, because now if you look worldwide, I believe that hip-hop is the biggest style of music in the world. Yeah. And I think it all owes it owes a debt of gratitude to The Chronic. Because yeah. I think that this was the first that I remember a hip-hop album being fucking massive. Like, it was everywhere. And... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was one prior to this. I know that Run DMC was big and there were other artists doing popular things, but I feel like The Chronic made a really big crossover. Yeah. And then br- and brought a whole lot of other hip hop with it. And so it's a good thing at the end of the day. And it's the introduction of Snoop Dogg, Snoop Doggy Dog, as he was known at that point. But all of a sudden we also get Snoop Dogg. So here's here's the first time of Dre saying I'm coming with this solo album, but listen to this dude. And I love yeah. the fact that you get straight out of Compton and then then easy E gets a solo album. Then you get the chronic and you get Snoop Dogg's right after it. You get Snoop Dogg's solo album, which yeah. 
Snoop Dogg, once again, that guy has a huge catalog. So that yeah. would be that would end up being like a two-parter, probably, dude, if you yeah. do Snoop Dogg. <laughs> but um some would say this one's probably going on too long anyway. But um, but yeah, I really do think this there's so many important things here in this album. Classic yeah. songs, the production is amazing. It 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 it's kind of like the the you know Nirvana Nevermind of hip hop. Like I think the 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 yeah the popu- the popular uh, hip hop world was completely changed after the Chronic came out. Um, and on top of that, this is the first time ever I heard a D's nuts joke was on <laughs> the Chronic, and it's not a very good one. D's it's real. Nuts. It's just like it's like did what's her name hit you up yesterday? Who? D's nuts. I'm like, that doesn't even fucking work. The one that I did earlier, that's a real fucking D's nuts. This is, <laughs> come on. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, uh, anyway, it's first album uh, on Death Row, Death Row Records, which, you know, Dr. Dre started with uh, Suge Knight and Jimmy Iovine. I think Jimmy Iovine was on board in the beginning and then they they broke out and did Aftermath and so on. Um, is he, is is Dr. Dre still aftermath? Is that what he still does stuff under? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I really don't, you're going to go into more of, of tracks. And so I'm just going to throw it off to you. But the one thing I do want to say about this album is that, so first of all, there's no bad songs on here. They're not Mm -hmm. all great, but I would say none of them are bad, but here's the thing. The chronic is in the library of Congress along with Master of Puppets and yeah. several other... I mean, that's the importance of this fucking album. Like, yeah. our our government decided that it was so important <laughs> that it needed to be included in the Library of Congress. And that is... That's fucking massive. Out of all the accolades that Dr. Dre has received, yeah. that's got to be one of those where you go, I fucking made it, man. Even the fucking yeah. government is behind this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I know that clearly this is your number one, so I'm going to segue over into to the Eddie Sparks um, uh, track breakdown for uh, for the Chronic. Cool. So uh, with this one, I I did kind of I I picked my favorites, but goddamn, like <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of favorites. Yeah. Um. So here's one of these albums that has not one but two San Andreas tracks. Sweet. The, let me so, guess. I mean, let, let me guess. Dre Day and nothing but a G thing. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to that radio station. I said. Yeah. I just no. They're also the two biggest tracks from this album. So I guess that you know that's a thing. True. Uh, like the chronic intro. You know, Snoop hypes hypes us up and immediately comes in with fuck with Dre Day and everybody's celebrating. You know, GTA, which is where which is where they talk a lot of shit about Easy E in that in that yeah. song. Yeah, like when I first heard this, I was like, "Oh my god, I love this genre of music so much!" Because there was a real consistency with like groovy kind of beats, and then a really high pitched synthesizer over the top, which was like almost always present in a lot of these songs. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I like what that does." You know, oh the. I don't know what that what that synthesizer is called, but I love the way that it sounds. Don't you have one? 
it, it's a, I mean, it's a little MIDI keyboard. I can, I can put a bunch of settings on it with, you know, logic and stuff like that. But I, I if I, anybody know, if anybody knows the name of that particular sound, I think it's called um, a whistle, whistle synth. Whistle synth. Um, okay. Yeah. I love, I love that. I want to like incorporate yeah. that into some of my music. Just throw it in there. I know it'll stick out like a sore thumb, but you know, be a nice little nod to this shit that I love, you know? I would, I would love to hear g-funk synth in a thrash song dude like let's fucking do it let's do it <laughs> all right g thrash we'll, get, we'll get, to, get to work on our g thrash album <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> uh let me ride is a great song great vibe oh, yeah. to it this whole this whole album has a consistent chill vibe to it that's like mm-hmm. really cool um yeah, the day I, the I have, fell. Okay, I have a I have a question before you get to that song. So Dre Day is a, I'm not Dre Day. Uh, Let me ride is a really good example. When it comes to hip hop, does it ever bother you when the chorus of a song is literally the chorus of some other song and they just laid it right on top of the song and reused it? Because Let Me Ride, the whole chorus is just taken from something else, like a different mm. song, and they just put it there. Because I I have a I have a. I have a mixed reception with because songs like this, like let me ride do it well enough where I don't really care. Yeah. But then there are songs like there's a song that Eminem did where the chorus of the song is just the chorus to dream on by Aerosmith. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking lazy. Cause like, yeah. you know, cause at least with the, with let me ride, it's a lesser known track that a lot of us white dudes didn't even fucking know existed. But yeah. it's fucking Aerosmith Dream On. Like, I think everybody knows the song, and you're like, I really <laughs> like this track. I'm just going to use the whole chorus for my <laughs> for the chorus of my song. Um, so how do, how do you feel about that kind of shit? I, I, would, I would have to agree with you. It, it depends on the context, really. Yeah. If, it's like a, if it's like a massive 70s power ballad that everyone knows, then, yeah, it is kind of like you just kind of co-opt the the chorus of an Aerosmith song and just yelled sing in a part of it. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Eminem is, is he's, he's one of the greatest. I'll, I'll agree. He's up there with the greatest of all times, but um, he, he does have some, some points in his discography where I go, come on, dude. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like I I would be inclined to agree with you. I think it depends on how it's done and and the context yeah. of it really. Okay. Um you got the day the fellows took over. <laughs> That's a great song. It's another banger, dude. I got and my then, finger on the trigger so fellas wonder why. You see you like that, how I put through in fellas yeah, there? Yeah. That was a close one too cuz I was going <laughs> to chime in. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, do um, I got to put I have to have my finger on the dump button. Am I going to have to dump, Steven? Yeah. um uh and then we get to my favorite song in this entire discography nothing but a g thing is it is in san andreas it's my favorite hip-hop song in san andreas it's and it's amazing it's great song i'm gonna be perfectly honest favorite hip-hop song of all time and this would that's it. I mean, I, I'm I'm with you. It's not my favorite, but I it, it was. I mean, this was my introduction. A lot of people's introduction to this album. I think that was the kickoff single. It was nothing yeah. but a G thing. So not only are you kicking off this this Dr. Dre sound, but you're also kicking off Snoop Dogg because he's the first rapper on that song. Yeah, and uh, and it's like, and yeah, it's one of those songs that has aged so like it's. It, it, yeah. it gives me the same vibes now as it did in 92 when it came out. 
Yeah. And so um, that's, that's, that says a lot about it right there. Do you know the little, um, ju- just as an example of how it stayed, you know, culturally relevant, do you know those like thug life memes where someone will do something and uh, something really cool completely on accident and then just walk away like, yeah, I totally meant to like kick flip that bottle of milk into the fridge yeah. and for nothing to go wrong and then just walks away like it was nothing and then it will like pause, go black and white and like a pair of sunglasses will descend to nothing but yep. a G thing. Like, yeah. People are still using that song as an example of just badass. Like, yeah, which, you know, it is, it is. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing song from an amazing album. Um, yeah. Yeah. These nuts. Uh, the Nate, <laughs> the Nate dog part of that song is amazing. You know, the, you want to fuck with Dre? You picked yeah. the wrong motherfucking day. <laughs> you know that that part. Rest, rest in peace, Nate Dog. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of dogs, bro. Yeah. There's only rest one Nate peace. Dog. There's only one Nate Dog. That's true. Uh, uh, little Ghetto Boy is awesome. Uh, a fellow with a gun is one of my favorites as well. See, that's mm. the thing. This. You know how we mentioned on that uh, on our poison episode the open up and say ah comes up comes off like a greatest hits. Yeah. This album to me comes off like a greatest hits. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. You know, you know, rat tat 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 like that. You know, never hesitate to put a fella on his back. I love when Snoop does that kind of thing where he does that slightly whispery thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. It, those little things are just like they're so charismatic and that's what i mean when he can just elevate a song but i mean right right out, right out of the gate he had his his style fully formed it seemed yeah like he he literally knew what he was gonna do and then just did it like somebody gave him an opportunity and he fucking yeah. took off and it never fucking got old like i know <laughs> it really hasn't you know it, it and he, i don't know how many songs he goes one two three into the foul in yeah but everyone's fine with it because it's just so cool and no one else does it or does it yeah. well you know um, agreed plus it's always yeah. a little throwback it's a throwback to when you met him you yeah. know when you first met snoop dogg it's you know so I, I like that he does that yeah and i i gotta say bitches ain't shit but holes and tricks lick on these nuts and suck the dick you know <laughs> parental advisory ladies and gentlemen yeah we're we're late enough into the episode to get, get yeah. away with it yeah you know, two hour podcast episode we can you know the, the, like, the peanut peanut butter platypuses are not easily offended i don't think this is cranked and ranked after dark baby <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you done? You were you uh, were, were still talking. Yeah, yeah we're we're at uh, we're we're nearing completion here. We are, we are. We're we're yeah. also nearing the two hour mark. So I uh, I apologize to those of you who, who to complete the to episode. Our show. Dial nine seven six cranked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously my number one is uh, straight out of Compton, the album that started it all in nineteen eighty eight. Um, it's just full on iconic. Yeah. It's, you've already talked about it. All the, the classic tracks that are on here. 
I lo- I just love the energy and urgency of this album. Um, yeah. I would say it's the quintessential gangster rap album. Like it's the one that like you you kind of have. I mean, if you don't own this album, are you really into hip hop? I mean, it's like mm. it's just one of those ones that you just have to have. It's essential. Um, but the one thing that I've always really liked about this, and also the way that the gangster rap style unfolded, because obviously prior to Straight Outta Compton, there was already gangster rap you know ice t did six in the morning like years before um and and other rappers as well but i always like the fact that it's some pretty heavy material but they don't go for the public enemy style of beats like public enemy beats are just like so grating most of the time you're just like this is intense and the vocals are intense Oh my God. But yeah. like with Strata Compton, sure. I would say probably Strata Compton and fuck the police. Um, and maybe, I guess, I mean, I guess there's a number of songs. I have a little bit of that, but for the most part, they already started doing this more funky thing. It and, was more accessible. Yeah. And I like the fact that they, they, they did that. They were like, we know you also still want to move, you know? Cause yeah. like, as much as I love public enemy, there's not, you know, you don't just groove to some public enemy. Some of it you do, but yeah. not, not, <laughs> not a lot of it. Um, but, um, one thing that I also really like that I don't hear groups do anymore. And you hear it a lot on this album is, um, they use samples from other rappers that were, yeah. And it's not like they're. It's not like it's shit that was a decade before, and they're paying homage. Yeah, this is shit that was done year or two before. So there's samples from from KRS One from Boogie Down Productions. There's some Public Enemy samples. There's some Beastie Boys samples. And yeah. I'm always and but they they weren't the only ones that did it. There were other rappers that like they would take tracks and it's almost like just throwing a. a some props out there and being like, I I was a fan of this track. I'm going to throw this little sample from these guys. And I love that, but I don't think anybody does that anymore. Mm. And, and, and I guess that goes along with the whole sampling thing anyway, because I feel like some rappers would be like, you can't use my shit on your song. But I'm like, I, that, that we've, we've, I think we talked about this on the jazzy Jeff and fresh Prince uh, episode. Yeah. That, that mentality is bullshit to me. Like if I, mm. if, if, if a rapper ever took one of my songs and used it as a sample, I would not ask for any money. I would be like, that's fucking dope. Like, th- yeah. thank you for doing that. Like, I feel like, like that is one of the biggest like, compliments I think that you can have is that a rapper or, or whoever does the beats for the particular rapper takes your sample. And, and I just love hearing these nods to other rappers and stuff from, because the the my favorite era of hip hop is what's considered the golden age era of hip hop, which is yeah. somewhere around the late eighties to you know the early nineties, maybe ninety three, ninety four. Um, just all of that shit that came out then. It's just so fucking yeah. great. And um, this is one of those <clears throat> albums. And I love the variety of tracks on here. Uh, I love that there's never a dull moment. I love the album cover. The album cover yeah. is fucking iconic. It's just. It's been it's been copied so many times. Also, one straight out of Cornwall, um, the yeah. classic. Um, but uh, I just think it's it's an absolute classic. And not only is it an amazingly strong album, but it's also it carries so much weight with its significance and its influence. And it's just so it's just 
to me, there was no other number one. Because as as important as the Chronic was to hip hop, I think to actual hip hop artists, Straight Outta Compton is a is a way more important album to to what happened in hip hop. Uh, so that's my number one, Straight Outta Compton. All right. Nice. Um, so yeah, wrapping this up around the two hour mark. The the <laughs> uh, hold hold on hold on. Yeah, yeah we, we did, did it. it. <laughs> Never um, more the whipping boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, so yeah, we'll wrap this up quickly because we've 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 hit two hours. And um, for those of you who are here, I usually thank the peanut butter platypuses for making it all the way through. But especially in these episodes where we do something that's not in the norm of what we normally talk about, I appreciate you guys being here. Um, if you're new to this. Um, yeah. check out, we do a lot of shit. Um, most of the videos on YouTube though are not us. You can't see us talking. It's just podcast episodes with some visuals, some album covers and whatnot. But, um, I have a feeling that, that from now on you'll get to see our lovely faces or I mean, ugly faces, depending on your, your, your taste, I guess, um, <laughs> it, here, you know, so you can see us talking. So, um, uh, do you have any parting words before we get out of here? Uh, whew. Oh, GTA trilogy is getting a remaster, and I'm fucking psyched. Like, oh, like, like all the th- all three games? Yeah, the first the first three major ones. They're getting this like uh, they're getting like an overhaul, and they're gonna re-release them with like kind of an updated version of them. I'm still gonna have the original as my favorite, but I just thought I'd seeing as I'd hyped up San Andreas this entire time, I thought. I'd mention it because it, it's only been you know announced in the last couple days, but it's like what they go- did with Tony Hawk, right? They did say they re they revamped Tony Hawk and put it out. Yeah, again. yeah, I, th- I think that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna you know they said they're gonna keep the look and feel of the originals, but they're gonna up some of the you know how responsive things are and how Play- realistic playability. I guess they say. Yeah, even though you know. San Andreas of all of them still holds up, but uh, I'd like to cool. see, I'd like to see the two come before it get a bit more fleshed out because uh, I, I just hope they don't change the soundtracks because I feel like that's a, re- I mean it's a really obviously a really important part of them because it's you know we we mention those games every every episode really I think yeah well this is the problem with what happened with the with the first San Andreas remaster I won't stay on this too long but they removed some of the soundtrack. You know when they when they had to update it because they'd run out of licensing for some of the songs. Yeah. Not all of them, but there was one on there. The uh, the Soul Station, like half of that is gone. So hopefully, seeing as they're calling it the tr- the GTA trilogy definitive edition, they'll either get those songs back or yeah. bring back the originals and add more. So if they do that, I'm like, oh. You know, what extra awesome. tracks are we going to get? Yeah. Sweet. So I'm, Ho- I'm hopefully, excited. Ho- hopefully we gathered some more views. Uh, if, if they can sense that we're talking about games. <laughs> in our we put this in the gaming category. <laughs> there we go. All right, cool. Well, uh, thanks a lot for joining us uh, for, for another hip hop episode. Next, next week we'll be back a little, you know, more in our, in our, um, our normal, our, our sweet spot, as they say. Yeah. Um, so until then, um, thank you for, for watching from, from me, Mr. Oldhead. And I'm, as usual, I'm going to 
throw it right over to Mr. Edward Sparks in order to take us out. Lady do. 